Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Die by the Sword podcast. Uh, before we get into this week's... Hey, wait a second. Hey, hey, I, I, I think we're double booked. But uh, I, I was supposed to do the intro this week. Well, um, I, I haven't thought. done... I haven't done one in a while, so I was going to do it for Excuse you. Excuse me, guys. I thought I had the room booked for this time. So, uh... um, wait, I haven't done one. It's my turn. I haven't done one either. I thought I was supposed to do it. Huh? Well, well, it sounds like we're all here. So how about we each take part of the intro? Sounds good to me. Cool. Deal. All right. Well, I've already done my bit, so uh, I will pass things off to Philip. And the first thing I want to talk about is our friends over at Midnight Syndicate. They give us our music, and you can catch them at www.midnightsyndicate.com. John? Oh, and I would also like to thank Sword Coast Soundscapes for the wonderful ambient sounds you hear all throughout the podcast. You can check them out on YouTube at Sword Coast Soundscapes. Keith? And guys, check out our website at diebythesordpodcast.com and get connected with the community by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Gary? Uh, yeah. Hey, you. You driving your car. You, you over there making dinner. Contact us at diebythesordpodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to leave a great review wherever you listen to us. Now, let's get in this week's episode. But before we do, if you are driving your car, do not email us yet. Wait till you are at a safe destination. Parking lots are great. Or yeah. don't. I'm not your, I'm not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your real dad. And on that note, let's get into the episode. Yes, okay. let's. So by the time we're recording this, we are just about through with level seven of 2020. We're about to start level eight, and I think that deserves a drink. Well, <laughs> yeah, but we 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 already drink. We do. And if you didn't drink before, 2020 makes you drink. Oh, absolutely. No <laughs> drinking at home. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. No, normally, I've rarely been one to drink very much at home but since i can't go out to bars now i drink at home it's a lot cheaper that way too oh absolutely do you go out for it or do you get it delivered uh i usually go to like specs and pick up stuff i just tried a, a delivery app uh not sponsored so i won't say the name but uh it was pretty awesome did it rhyme like a bird's name? It didn't. It rhymed like a bear's name. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I tried one that, you know, was rhymed with itsy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they delivered okay. I've I've enjoyed with the schmodel schmine. Theirs has been really good. I've, uh, been able to get a lot of uh, the craft beers and then some of the oh. better whiskeys. Yeah, no, they, they usually have a great selection. And for John, our resident wine guy, you know, huge selection of wine. And they send me offers for wine all the time in my email. I'm like, I don't really drink wine. I want to, but I don't. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> well, no better time to get started than now. True that. Yeah, very true. So. What 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 are you drinking? Uh, today, 
Everybody, what are you all drinking? Mm. Today I'm being unusual. I'm drinking beer, and it's an Oktoberfest. Ooh, Ooh. I like Oktoberfest beers. Is it early or late? Yeah, let's say. How old is that beer? Is that real new or is that real old? Uh, It's real old. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Lean into it. Own it. Mm -hmm. So I'm cleaning out my beer fridge so I can stock it up. (laughs) Nice. I like how you're drinking it out of a big glass boot, too. (laughs) This is Texas. Das das Boots. Yeah, the yeah, the ladies in Germany carrying these beers, you do not want to arm wrestle them. They will take you down. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> they can carry like 10 of these liter mugs at you know at a time. And I'm like, "How?" <laughs> practice. <sighs> lots and lots of practice. They'll show you a uh what's your monk's uh, special ability with his fist? What's it called? Stunning fist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll give you a stunning fist. fist. <laughs> if I get out of line, she will definitely give me a stunning fist. <laughs> what about you? For me, uh, normally I drink beer while we're recording, but as I'm trying to watch the calorie count, I am drinking vodka and key lime LaCroix. Key lime LaCroix. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I'm, I generally don't like LaCroix because I don't like the taste of like the can for beer it's fine because i grew you know i don't want to say i grew up with it because that makes me sound like (laughs) but i mean just makes you sound mexican (laughs) that's right (laughs) mijo mijo just just a sip (laughs) don't tell your mom don't tell you exactly (laughs) Um, i heard that yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah i just it just can't i i have to do uh it out of like a like a bottle glass or plastic doesn't matter not a can well, see, that's what the vodka's for. You don't taste that can taste anymore. <laughs> that's probably true. After how many does the can taste go away? Depends on how Two. strong you pour your drink. <laughs> <laughs> One, if Gary's pouring. <laughs> Two, if I'm <laughs> Yeah, I have a tendency to fill half the glass with vodka, and then the rest will be the, the mixer. That's yeah, a good drink. I, I also don't really enjoy vodka. Oh my God. I hate your drink, Gary. <laughs> he takes everything about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I prefer, I prefer gin to vodka and there's no real rhyme or reason to it because they taste kind of similar. No, 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 Gin has a definitely distinct taste and I like gin. I love gin. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, vodka is, it kind of takes the, the flavor of whatever you mix with it. Yeah, Very Philip true. had a bunch of people at home yelling into their devices. Right. Uh, it tastes How dare you? <laughs> like it tastes like rubbing alcohol to me. Vodka, yes. Well, yeah, that's well, why you mix it with stuff. Yeah, clear I, liquors. I think Ron Swanson said, "Was it clear liquors?" Yeah. Are for well, I, I apologize for this, Gary. Clear liquors are for uh, rich white women on a diet or something like that. Well, I'm not clear rich, women. but I am on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I should be on a. Di- I'm not on a diet, but so fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm but drinking I'm... Uh, a bourbon. I uh, actually infused this bourbon with some uh, some tea, so it's like an orange black tea bourbon. And mm. to top it off, to give it that little kick, uh, cherry Dr Pepper. Hey, see, see now that sounds like a rich white woman trying to drink bourbon. <laughs> yeah, it does. 
<laughs> Zing. I'll drink this straight just to prove you wrong. <laughs> Actually, that's how I like drinking rum, to be honest with you. A good rum straight. It's awesome. That's a good how... dark rum. I don't like clear rum, but a dark rum I like to drink straight. That's how I am oh, with the uh, bourbon. Is I'll, I usually drink it straight. Well, John and I in January were on a cruise and we won the Amazing Race St. Martin. Uh, and the prize there was we got to bring home a bottle of locally distilled rum. So you got the triple spiced one. Yes, I believe. And I got the coffee flavored one. Still have a little bit left because I don't want it to go away yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm savoring it. I, I've still got a little bit of the uh, uh, spice rum, so I'm still drinking it. And I will tell you, I was feeling a bit tipsy after we, we did that entire race for, what was it, four hours that we did it? And By race, do you mean chugging contest? It was flip cup. Uh, and, no, and he actually had to get the water in the <laughs> I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was actually really cool because they did different challenges. Some of it was like trivia type challenges. Uh, John knew what a tamarind was. So we got bonus points for that. Um, Cause they showed us this fruit and said, name this fruit. I was going to ask, was it uh, the fruit or the monkey? It was, <laughs> no, they gave yeah. us the tamarind the fruit. Yeah. yeah. They gave us the tamarind pod and said, you know, you, you need to figure out what this is. And I'm like, I already know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I figured out that some of it was, you had to take pictures of certain things and come back and show them. Um, that sounds hot there was a you know (laughs) there was bowling on the beach there was the the one where you have to run use a sponge and bring it back and fill up a bucket kind of challenges i had to do the one where i had to swim out into the ocean around a buoy and come back but after doing that and then they let you taste all of these rums that they have there and they give you like a full shot glass of it Mm. i felt pretty good yeah, that's for about six shots. I was really doing good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and was that six was shots that... and short success? And sucks there. The Are you drinking yeah. it now? <laughs> Are you six shots in right now? <laughs> no, but I'm about half halfway through this uh, half glass full of vodka. So that was the hard part about swimming out to the buoy was that you were drunk, and so you <laughs> couldn't you couldn't find the line to go. <laughs> We we didn't drink before. They gave us the alcohol after. Uh, I was going to say that sounds. Uh, it's a different country, right, St. Martin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that sounds like a huge liability thing to get people drunk and make them go swim in the ocean. Yeah, that would have been bad. Gary, what about you? I am currently drinking uh, it's a little Old Granddad One Fourteen. It's a it's a lesser expensive bourbon, but one of my favorites on the cheap end. Uh, that yeah no old granddad yeah it sounds old right it sounds cheap (laughs) well i know that it is cheap (laughs) Uh, my dad used to drink that all the time he he liked bourbon i like rum i'm kind of on that same train that gary is with the uh trying to save some of the some of the ones that i like so i've been buying a little bit lesser expensive bourbons trying to save some of my top top shelf ones yeah i've ran them through my appleton i've got to go get some more i feel bad (laughs) (laughs) No, what you do is you buy a huge bottle of the top shelf and then just keep filling it up with a granddad. So it looks like <laughs> you've got top shelf. Yeah. And that's what I'll serve when you guys finally get to come over. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Top> your <shelf> granddad. <laughs> Are you Sounds drinking fun. tonight, Keith? 
I am. I am drinking peach vodka with Sprite Zero because I'm trying to watch the calories as well. Peach vodka with Sprite Zero. So lemon yeah. lime peach. It's it's fantastic. And before this, I had the watermelon vodka with Sprite Zero. So mm. I'm getting yeah, I'm getting all the fruits tonight. Oh yeah, you talked about that watermelon vodka before, dude. It's it's delicious. Yeah, I, I would try the watermelon vodka. I have tried the regular vodka with watermelon LaCroix. Not a fan. Ooh. Ooh. It did not like, taste like watermelon. I, I, I like the watermelon LaCroix. It, it doesn't quite taste like watermelon, no, but it's 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 good. I liked it. Yeah. This vodka is like over the top watermelon. Like okay. you can yeah. Like a snow cone? Dude, yeah, it is it's very potent. You can tell you're drinking watermelon. <laughs> see I, I like doing like the either the cake or the whipped cream vodka in ooh, like a sprite ooh, yeah that one's really really good or the, it's like dessert the, in a glass like the marshmallow one's really good too mm. yeah ooh, I haven't tried the marshmallow yeah it's really good so John you know a lot about uh, rum then uh, yeah, well I've drank a lot of rums um, I tend to like uh, darker rums Appleton makes a good one. Their 12 year old is pretty phenomenal. Appleton Estates. Um, and uh, Pirate in Barbados is, oh, it's good. <laughs> so, rum's something I've wanted to get into, but I've not got, I've, I've tried a few that I've liked. Um, but I've also heard that there's quality control. Like, when with a, um, with bourbon, if you say you're getting a certain year, that's it. But with rum, I've heard like when you get a certain year, it could be like, one of the barrels that they put into it was that year, but the rest could be God knows what is that? Uh, well, I don't know about most places that blend most of the places that I've gotten rums from. They are actually really good about it. Bacardi, by the way, I've gone to their uh, distillery and they have a uh, dark rum that they only make there. They actually, you can't get it outside of the distillery at all. And it is a pretty awesome rum. If you, when we get done with this uh, uh, pandemic thing, you'll have to, I have to give you a shot of it. You'll, it's to die for. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's one I have. <laughs> mm, rum. I'm indifferent to rum. Rum can yeah. be good or, or yeah, I, I, I don't care. Coconut rum, regular spiced rum. Did you ever read the rum diaries? That'll get you really wanting some. I actually did. Yes. Uh, I, I like that book. Uh, yeah. Hunter S. Thompson is a monster. I love him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't used to be a big fan of rum, but I think that's because the first liquor I ever tried was rum. And at the time I hadn't acquired a taste for alcohol. It was a dark Bacardi rum. Ah, uh, yes. And you drank it with orange juice. That's what I did. That's the old standby. The, the, the your story sounded so familiar to me because <laughs> right? that's what I did. Oh, uh, my didn't... first one was vodka. Yeah. Same. Well, actually, I think technically mine was vodka, but I was much younger when I tried that one. It wasn't that one wasn't an intentional drinking vodka. It was my dad used to travel on all these business trips, and he would always have like the the little um, like uh, mouthwash things that he would take with him. And after he had empty one, he would just fill it with water. So he had water by the, the sink. And he had a, a vodka, little airplane-sized vodka <laughs> bottle instead. And I, I tried that one because I wanted the water. 
Oh. <laughs> Little Gary drunk off his ass. Yeah. <laughs> at the hotel room. <laughs> Oops. Wrapped his tricycle around the, the tree. Uh, the rum. <laughs> <laughs> the rum we just drank straight. Yeah, my dad had uh, jugs underneath the sink, uh, milk jugs that looked like it was water. That was most definitely not water. That was moonshine. <laughs> moonshine. We learned at a very young age, do not mistake the water. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's child that. <laughs> Boy, if you don't put down my white lightning. <laughs> It's medicinal, Dad. It's medicinal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Granny's <So>. medicine. <laughs> also, I apologize, but um, when you started that story, you paused at a really um, awkward time because you said, "My dad has jugs I, under the sink." <laughs> yeah, that's what I said <laughs> the same yeah, way. Under the sink, I was like, <laughs> "Okay, my dad doesn't have jugs, but my dad <laughs> did have jugs." Underneath <laughs> the, <laughs> it's like same. You don't see me bragging. <laughs> Dad's gonna come hit me now. I can see it now. It's gonna be so. On that note, <laughs> uh, I think y'all were getting a tarot card reading from a prostitute. Yes. Yep. Yes. Old jugs. Old jugs. <laughs> Old jugs. Um, I okay. So uh, by the end of the last recording, I was feeling good, um, and I wrote whore in my book, and I was wondering why. <laughs> it's the fortune teller. Whoops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fortune teller, witch, prostitute. You know, she goes by many many titles. I just said whore. <laughs> I didn't know about the witch part. Girls got to <laughs> earn a living. You know how it is. Come on. Right. I picture okay. Philip's journal being all scrawled, like angry in there, like dark, multiple lines, whore. Have, have, <laughs> do you remember when uh, Charlie worked in the mailroom? <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we should probably uh, resolve what these Harrow cards you drew last week were, right? Ooh. Yes, absolutely. What we get? Yes, I'm dying to see what we got. Okay. Since I had to write down what you drew last week, so I would remember. I'm sorry. I'm glad you wrote it down because I don't. I was looking at my notes trying to find out which one I picked. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, anytime I have to go from one episode to another, I write everything down that I I need. It's good call. Did you tell us? I don't think you told us what we got. Did you? I did not. Okay, yeah, it's not written down. Good because I was thinking my memory failed. <laughs> I mean, it's always possible. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> getting. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, cute, isn't it? <laughs> okay. So, the cards that you all drew, uh, starting with Dwarfy. Uh, Dwarfy drew the midwife. The midwife. The midwife. The midwife is the neutral good card of wisdom. It represents the enabler or conduit of new creation, information, or arrivals. All right. What, what's the suit? Uh, these are all going to be uh, stars suits. Oh, okay. They're cool. all wisdom. And next up is Diego. Diego draws 
the mute hag. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. The mute hag is the neutral evil card of wisdom. It represents the insightful hag, a purveyor of blood packs, treacherous secrets, and discord. I like the treacherous secrets. Let's go with that. All right. (laughs) Next up is Cabal. Cabal draws a card that's already been drawn on the show before. The owl. My favorite animal, by the way. Is it? Interesting. What's your favorite owl? Probably snow owl. That's a good one. That is a good one. The owl is the neutral card of wisdom. It represents the harsh wisdom of natural order. The owl holds a needle that can bind life together or pick it apart. And then Chaubert draws the queen mother. Ooh. Oh, it's a nice little ant looking thing. Mm hmm. The Queen Mother is the lawful neutral card of wisdom. This is the personification of knowledge who is fond of the powerless, the underclass, and those who will show her obeisance. Obeisance representing deferential respect. Okay. And then last but not least is Renly. Renly draws the carnival. Ooh, I love carnivals. (laughs) Does it have a goldfish in a bowl that I won? With the ping pong ball? I mean, (laughs) if you can find it on there, maybe. Uh, The carnival is the chaotic neutral card of wisdom that represents illusions and false dreams. Madame Avanja looks at these cards. That's very interesting. And then she lays out a few more cards in in a pattern to perform the rest of the reading. She looks over the cards and says, I see that you are still yet to face a powerful unseen force. This force is manipulating the current situation, both here in the Shutterwood and beyond. This dark force is steadily growing in power and malevolence. It has the potential to threaten all of Ustalov if left unchecked. And it may threaten all of Galarian. I can also see that five brave adventurers are destined to have a hand in determining the fate of all of Ustalov. She continues to flip a few more cards over and grows visibly tense, even looking scared. She starts to quickly collect her cards and say, I'm sorry, I I must be going. When you start to question her, she apologizes and, and grabs this green dust and just blows it in your face. Each of you starts to have visions instantly. Dwarfy sees a town being overrun by demons and the undead. He's alone and he seeks the nearest nearest shelter to escape the encroaching hordes. He stumbles into a home of a human couple. The wife in the midst of giving birth. A dwarven midwife is assisting with the delivery. The mother gives out one final cry before using the last of her energy to push. As the baby is delivered, the mother takes her last breath. Father wails for the loss of his wife as the midwife turns to Dwarfy, holding the baby up to him by one leg. Something is wrong with the baby. The baby boy is a demon. 
Next, we see Diego stumbling through a dark and eerie crypt. He's been separated from his group, and he anxiously searches these dark catacombs for an escape. As he follows the path, breaking through spider webs, the scent of decay arising, he starts to see the soft glow of candles lighting his path. Still underground, he finds himself wandering the halls of a dark temple. The three-eyed jackal is painted on the walls in what appears to be blood. He makes his way to a large open chamber where he sees a young girl pleading with an older decrepit woman. No matter how much the young girl begs and pleads, the older woman doesn't make a sound. The old woman turns, revealing an old hag in a battered purple robe and long, stringy white hair. She looks at Diego and opens her mouth to speak, who her mouth should be. There's only an eye. Cabal finds himself laying on a battlefield, surrounded by a rising army of the undead, his friends laying unconscious or dead around him. He's out of magic and severely wounded. A necromancer sees him from across the battlefield, anxious to add him and his friends to his collection. The necromancer casts a spell, and as a green fireball shaped like a skull begins to fly toward Cabal, time seems to slow. An owl, seemingly appearing from nowhere, lands in front of Cabal, with a large sewing needle in his mouth. Cabal sees the needle as radiating healing and restorative energy. He thankfully accepts the needle from the owl, who disappears as quickly as he arrived. Cabal stitches up his wounds and is filled with divine grace as his magic is restored. He revives his friends as the next wave of the battle begins. Chaubert opens his eyes to find he is in the shadow plane once again, or at least he thinks he is. Everything is dark and gray. A cool mist surrounds him as he finds himself in an underground tunnels. From behind him, he hears the sounds of skittering. Deciding to avoid the confrontation, he moves forward, but the skittering gets louder. Something is following him, and it's getting faster. Chaubert runs as quickly as he can, but whatever is behind him keeps getting closer. He looks over his shoulder to get a glimpse at what is following him, but in doing so, he doesn't see the pit in front of him. Chaubert falls into the dark abyss, not knowing how deep this pit goes. After what feels like an eternity, he lands on the bottom in some soft, giving substance. He's still alive. Whatever he landed in saved his life. But his joy is short-lived as the skittering sounds now echo from all around him. His eyes finally adjust to reveal a nest of driders and the soft substance he landed in was the discarded carcasses of the Queen's Feast. He turns to see the Queen right behind him as she lunges toward him. We now see Rinley, wandering the streets in a bustling town during a carnival. The Crooked Ken put on a show. There are games to play and plenty of ale to drink. 
He steps up to the ring toss game where he easily wins the top prize by landing a ring around the, each of the necks of a six-headed dragon statue on the first try. When the game operator gives him his prize, however, the carnival flashes out of existence for a moment as he looks into the eyes of a demented jester. He blinks his eyes and everything is back to normal and he continues to enjoy the carnival. He sees the striker game and remembers that this was his brother's favorite game. In honor of his brother, he decides to try it out. The game operator hands him the hammer and as Renly looks up to take it, he sees Thurskell, angry. Thurskell steps toward Renly in a rage saying, you let me die. The carnival flickers in and out of existence as Thurskell chases him through the streets. Renly turns down an alley and is stopped by an imposing female figure. Carrie the One grabs Renly by the throat and lifts him off the ground. Struggling to breathe, Renly tries to fight back, but Carrie is stronger. She begins to laugh as Thurskell makes his way around the corner too. He joins her in maniacal laughter. The illusion slips briefly, and Renly can see that he's being choked by a jester. It's the same one he saw at the ring toss game. Suddenly, his brother's hammer flies to his hands, and a bolt of lightning strikes down. You all bolt awake in your rooms the next morning. What do you do? I was gonna say I just want to give a like a round of applause for that. that yeah, really that was <laughs> that was badass, man. Yeah, an interesting uh, story. Thank you. I wrote that today. I say you came up with all that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our characters aren't in the book, so you had to. That, that's pretty badass. And Diego's a little worried now. <laughs> <laughs> it told me which cards um, to pull, so they are all from the stars hand and each one will have a specific advantage that it gives you in a future combat and I've written down which ones each of you get Nice. but yeah the whole story part of it I just made up it's pretty good I like that mm-hmm. thank you alright so so we just wake up in our beds then okay so, so yeah we're, if we're if we... all in our separate beds so me and Rinley are in the same room, and Diego and Cabal and Dwarfy in the same room, right? Yeah. So that's yes. So then, do we want to play it as we wake up and try to get together, or um, we we can take it two separate scenes? But I have a question: Do we all wake up at the same time, like jolt at the very same time, or was it like separate? I figure it's probably almost at the same time. Okay. It's kind of like, you remember the episode of Buffy when she and her roommate are having the bad dreams? Yes. Well, yes. There's kind of some overlap where one wakes up first, but most of the time it's the same dream and the same. Are you talking about the, the one where they they wake up dying? It's the, the first layer? No. Because um, that one they all kind of bolt away. I guess they did a couple things with dreams. I was talking about the one where she goes to college and her first roommate's a demon that's trying to steal her soul. Yes, I remember that. 
So, okay, so we're having, uh, we're not having the same dream, but we're having the same type of nightmare. Right. We're each having visions, yes. Well, yeah. Um, well, Renly wouldn't chalk this up to, uh, a dream, because he's dreamt of, he's dreamt of you guys, uh, a lot. Um, so I'm sure he's gonna wake up worried. Yeah, I think the whole dream thing is going to have Chaubert rattled too, um, like ultra rattled, because his was pretty terrifying all in all, because it seemed like he's about to die again in this dream. <laughs> so I think that's probably going to be his angle for whenever we... Diego's a little worried about something ominous about to happen, so he will be making sure everyone's okay. <laughs> the only one who had a really good one was uh, Cabal, I think, right? Cabal had a pretty positive one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, all, all you guys were dead, and then the and then you saved me, us. and then I revived you guys, and I was like, "All right, round two. <laughs> <laughs> round two. It, it does. <laughs> it does sound like you were fighting Shang Tsung. That's right. yeah. I was. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. It was like a Mortal Kombat scene, exactly. Mm-hmm. Necromancer with green fireball skull. Yep. No, that's Shang Tsung. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mortal Kombat is my favorite fighting game, so. I even had a Mortal Kombat birthday when, for my 10th birthday. You had a Mortal Kombat birthday for your 10th birthday. That sounds amazing. How many kids did you fight? <laughs> Didn't fight did anybody. You still have their spines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was before I got, I got too gory. It started out too gory. <laughs> it did not. That, not if you own a Nintendo. It started off with no, the finishing, right. didn't it? Because I remember that. Yeah, you still had like fatalities and stuff, but that that type of computer graphic wasn't so bad. It was now photorealistic. Not not then. Not, oh, well, the guts and stuff weren't because yeah, you can only get but, so realistic there. Yeah, now it is. It is very, very gory. Now it's overly gory. Like I, I really don't need to see somebody's body get slashed in half and see everything inside. Mm-hmm. And then bones breaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with the X-ray to show you exactly show what's you. breaking. Yep. <laughs> Which I'm usually okay with as long as they don't show anything with the knee. Oh, oh any yeah, hyperextended anything gets me. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we wake up and we talk about knees. Yep. Me. <laughs> no. Uh, me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that we're shook but um what do we do about it where are we going with this because it also in the reading it doesn't sound like any of them are connected it sounds like we're separate so there's no clue there yeah cabals is the only one who kind of maybe sounded connected yeah i don't think they're connected i don't know you guys what are y'all thinking I think being that we're in the same room, me and you have to try to, or or they have to try to, whenever we wake up, like, go see what the other ones are thinking, and so we can all get us together first. So that'll be the first step, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, Diego would definitely want to try to get everyone together because his was ominous and he wanted to make sure everybody was okay. Now, are we, are we mad at the fortune teller for, it's kind of her fault? Because she gave us the cards, so we're like, she did this. 
Oh, that's a good one. I I don't know about necessarily mad, but yeah, that's oh yeah. I like where you're going with this. Accusing yeah, accusing her of making it happen. Okay, because I'm gonna take the position she's not just because I've dealt with hero cards before, and uh, I don't think Perezma would allow her to to use her name to try and get back at us. Oh, are hero cards strictly from Phrasma? These are, right? Though the that? ones you get some directly from Phrasma, but hero cards are a common tool used by like psychics and fortune tellers. So we don't know that's from Phrasma then. Right. You can use that. I think I'm going to take the same position, but somebody can say that we don't know this is from Phrasma. This is from a from two bit. I think that's Cabal's position, being he's the priest of Phrasma, or a believer of Phrasma, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let's see. I would say we definitely want to talk to her, because the vision was disturbing. Yeah. Okay. So, are we ready to move forward? I think so, yes. Oh, so who's going to be the group to go to who? Do you want... Philip and I to come to y'all since we're just two and y'all are three. Yes, or... let, let's do it that way. Okay, sure. We'll 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 start in our room, Gary. I guess we wake up at the same time. Okay, so you you all burst awake. What do you do? <sighs> I I uh, Renly is going to look over and see that that Jobert is also awake and and ask him. Did you dream again? Suk, I take it that we're... This is no coincidence that we're both awake right now. You... You had the same dream I did? About a uh, giant pit? No, I I was tormented. It's a family thing, I'm not going to get into it, but... I was at a carnival and I was being accosted by this... This jester, this evil, evil jester. That was definitely not in mind. I... I feel that we, we should go check on the others then. If, if we're this cannot be a coincidence. No, it cannot. Did you, what was your dream? I had fallen down a pit with it. It was very troubling. I thought I almost. We, we should just go check on the others right now and, and see what how they are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let Let's go. Uh, and he uh. He makes sure to grab the card. It's it. He it was you know, on top of his stuff. He just threw it on his his things and he grabs it because he's connected. Pit, carnival. Chaubert sees that he grabbed his and he's like, this is yeah. All right, let me grab mine too. So we're gonna go head over and head to their room, I guess. Okay. Cabal, Dwarfy, where's everybody? I'm right here. What's up? Up. Uh, Jobert, where's Jobert and Rinley? Uh, we gotta find them. I, I, someone was trying to give me a warning. Something, something's wrong. Did you have a bad dream? Yes, I was in a temple. It, but they, they were trying to warn me and couldn't. Something bad. Did you have the dream? I had a dream that we were all killed by a necromancer and his army. What? Yeah, everyone was dead except for me. Oh, God. Dorfy, wake up. What? 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 
Dwarfy, were you having a dream? Yes. This Cabal and I were having one, and they were odd. As as was mine. It, it did you did you dream of the the demon army and the the demon spawn? No, no, I was in a temple, and something was about bad about to happen. And I was facing a necromancer and his army. Hmm. It's got to be that fortune teller. Something's wrong. Where's Where's Rinley? Let's. We need to find Rinley and Gilbert. Open it. Yes. Open it very slowly. <laughs> you're all, you're all already awake. I, I, I knew this was no coincidence. Yeah, no, we've we all, ours were separate. Uh, what what were your dreams? Uh, mine was about a carnival and a killer clown. Mine was a town and overrun by demons and this demon spawn being born. Was it was it a town you recognized? Was it Ravengrove? Was it, that demon spawn you? <laughs> no, no, oh, I bet he, you are the demon. <laughs> I bet he cut eyes real hard over there. <laughs> Boy, it was a town I did not recognize. It, I, I was running from something, but I don't remember what. And then noticed the town was being overrun. It was terrifying. I, I was all alone. I too was running from something, and my my dream was, was there a skittering in yours? I'm sure some of the demons can skitter. Ah, no, this was... I was in the dark tunnels, and I heard this skittering, and it was terrifying, and I fell down this pit. I fell for what felt like days, and when I landed, there there was just this... this queen... this queen mother of driders, and there was corpses, and it was awful. So... so... I have a theory about our dreams. They seem to be linked to our hero cards. What do you mean? Well, I dreamt of a carnival, and I got the carnival. Jobert, you dreamt of a pit, correct? Yeah, yes. And got a pit. Oh, can, a... Can, can you line your dreams up with your cards? There was an owl in my dream. He saved me and gave me the ability to... Revive all of you. Your dream sounds rather pleasant. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. What about you, Dwarfy? I I got the the midwife. And when I was running from the hordes of demons, I I stumbled into a home and there was a child being born and a dwarven midwife. So midwife owl carnival pit Diego what did you get yes the dream and and the card yeah they were both about a a woman she was well dressed oddly a hag yes something like that yes I think they were definitely linked she was at the temple trying to give me a message so I don't I think we need to talk to the fortune teller I think she's trying to do Phrasma's will. No, the fortune teller. 
Phrasma is giving us hints. We need to press on in this investigation. I think we're on the right track. That's why we had those dreams. We don't need to go back. She directly caused those dreams. I'm, I'm sure we need to talk to her. No, we... Suka, I, I agree. We, we need to press on. This is another distraction. These, If Phrasma wanted us to go back to the fortune teller, she would have given us all the information at the fortune teller. I think the we, fortune teller's leading us astray. We need to go talk to her. No, well, we, we... As usual, I think you're wrong. <laughs> Shut up, Dorothy. So, so you're, you're with us. Let's... I tell you what. Let's find the MacGuffin. What were we looking for? The MacGuffin. Estovian. Estovian's no, library. We want to go no, to... No, the, uh, what was in the book, though? Is it just a piece of paper? Yeah, it says to go to the top of the library and, so, and to look at a certain book. So we need to get to Estovian's books first. I think another another request to get into that to, to his his study uh, yeah i don't i don't think the the fortune tellers are the way i i agree we we have to take this one thing at a time this seems much more pressing than, some, than our dreams she she might give us more information we need <sighs> okay so let's let's do this democratically i say we stay and look jobert i i agree Cabal? I say we talk to the fortune teller. Diego? Absolutely. We need to talk to the fortune teller. Soon. Now. Oof. Okay. Dwarfy? It's it's really up to you now. Where do you think that we should go? Uh, uh, what does what does Carrie and what does Thurskill vote? First of all, I'm trying not to call Thurskill. That's just traumatic. Thanks. Trigger warning, anyway. Um, and and uh, Carrie doesn't get to vote. Carrie is me. Carrie, Carrie is me. Uh, we all, all vote. Well, everybody in this head at least votes to investigate here. Okay, then uh, I, 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 I think we we need to get into. Estovian's office. So that that that's my vote. Right. Well, is everyone good with the outcome? Can we all agree that this that's what we're doing next? It's five to two, so it's not really a, a question. Well, I mean, they can <laughs> yeah, always split the party, but I can live with it. But afterwards, we should go see the fortune teller. Yes, yes, yes. That I that I agree. But I I think we need more info. Before we go. Okay. Cabal, are you good with that? That's fine. As long as we talk to the fortune teller after and get what she has to do with this. Oh, look at that face. He's fine with it. He's fine. <laughs> and the face is like a glaring, like, disapproval for what's happening. <laughs> and he, like, pinches your chin. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to go for the cheek, but he's too short to reach there. <laughs> So, I just look at the group, and there's no such thing as watches, right? Because what? how do we know what time it is? It's called Should sundial. We go... Yeah, what's it look at? Look, what's it look like outside? <laughs> if it's still dark, it could be like six o'clock or whatever. I uh, it's probably around eight a.m. Okay, 
So, let's all brush our teeth and wash behind our ears and meet down at Estovian's office. But just behind the ears? <laughs> I was wondering uh, what that smell was. Ugh. <laughs> sent brought to you by the Four Kings Mountains. <laughs> I used one of them as soap, so there used to be five, but now there's only four. <laughs> Alright, ready, break. Yeah, let's go see if we can track uh, Estovian down. Do we know okay. where he resides automatically, or I mean, do we well, have a good idea where he lives? We know he lives in the attic. Mm-hmm. Well, he offices in the attic, and we yeah. can always call the 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 uh, butler man mm-hmm. to summon him for us. Oh yeah, Bellic. 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 Also, I feel like uh, Renly would be good at calling for Bellic. Do you just call him the Karen of the group? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're on Desnus the fourth, right? Yes. Yes. Wait. So. Oh wait, no, we're on the fifth now. We're on the fifth now. Okay. Since we slept now. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that that's that's who I look for. I look for Bellic. Okay. Bellic, where are you? Oh, um. Sorry. Um. What can I help you with? Yes, Bellic. Um. We would like. To uh, talk with Estevan, please. You, you mean Estovian? Oh, I, I wrote that wrong. Estovian. Um, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, what is it in reference to? Um, we are looking for the cave of Nanya. <laughs> I, I, I'm unaware of this cave. Have you, have you checked the research library? Um, why are you being so? Why won't you let us speak to him? Is he is he busy right now? He might be. He is the Lodge Warden. But uh, you say you're trying to ask him about this cave of Nanya? Um, yes, Nanya. You, you might check the geography section of a library. Ah, yes. Well, I would like to check the uh, Warden's office for the Warden. Did So you want to make a meeting with him? We would like to meet with him... Uh, do we need to make an appointment? Does he have a, a, an assistant that we can talk to that's not you? I set his appointments for him. Um, you want to meet with him in his office to search his geography selection? Chabert steps in and he says, Look, clearly we'd like to see the warden. If you'd like my friend to escalate this further I'm sure he would be more than happy to oblige you but we're trying to play this out and be accommodating to you and go through the proper channels could we just see the warden please all you had to do was ask <laughs> thank you my friend but he was he was asking about this cave that he was trying to find so I was trying to lead him in the right direction thank you that is much appreciated so I will um, schedule an appointment for Estovian. Uh, he will meet you in the uh, research library in, um, shall we say, 30 minutes? That's perfect. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Can I bring you some coffee? No, I'm I'm good. Uh, gentlemen, are you... Uh, I would love some. Good. So, one coffee? 
Diego will take coffee, please. Black. That's cream okay. on the side. Two coffees and a bowl of cream. <laughs> Keys about going crazy over there. <laughs> Why, yes, yes, I will have that bowl of cream. Very good, sir. And for the dwarf, um, would you like the dwarven coffee? Is it like an Irish coffee? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, y- yeah, yes, that, that works for me. Very good. I will bring those to the research library. So you head to the research library? Yeah, let's get up there. Library. <laughs> library. Library. Look at these books. Wow. Look at the stuff. Isn't it neat? Don't you think my collection's complete? <laughs> Just the voice that you did that in was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so you wait about 30 minutes in this library. And uh, Estovian makes his way downstairs from the upper room. My new friends. Um, how can I uh, be of this assistance? Well... We have a we have a request that uh, we hope you're willing to help us with. Um, we need we need to get access to your uh, private library. Oh yes, that that's a simple request. Uh, um, would you like to come up now? Uh, y- yes. Excellent. Follow me. So we're following. Okay. And we're walking. <laughs> And we're walking, and we're walking. Shamir turns to Kamal, and he's like, I, I didn't expect it to be this easy. Like, under his, under this breath. Right. Why is he being so cooperative? <laughs> let's, let's just keep our eyes open. Okay. Um, so you make it up the stairs, and you find yourselves in this upper circular room, just like the research library below. Um, this one does appear to have more shelves of antique looking and highly valuable books on the shelves, uh, a few artifacts here and there, uh, encased, um, kind of like a mini museum. And you can tell this is also his office because there's a large desk in the room as well. And... He tells you, please uh, feel free to look around the library. If you have any questions, I can guide you to certain reference sections if need be. And as he's doing so, he goes behind his desk and he closes what looks like a journal on his desk and puts it in a drawer. Do you have any books on phrasma or, or, or hero cards in here? Um... There might be something of of that nature in here. Um, some of the more intense religious books on Phrasma. Uh, we do have a good section in our regular reference library downstairs about cards and divination. Oh, I'm looking for something more than just run-of-the-mill. Um, could you help me find it? Um, sure. Is that enough to uh, take his eyes off of his desk? Um, yeah, he's not looking at his desk now. He's going through the the religion section. All right, rogue. It's up to you. All right, so Shabir is going to just kind of casually 
make his way over to the table while they're turned around and uh, just try to flip through the... He's going to quietly try to flip through that little book there. He did put the book in the desk? Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, so yeah, so I'm going to try to get the get the desk open quietly. Okay. You go to try to open the desk drawer that he, he put it in, and it is locked. Hmm. How uh, how distracted does he seem with uh, Renly? Is Renly doing a pretty good job there? Renly is going to be at also asking him questions like, "What religion are you?" You know, very inappropriate. And I will keep flipping the wrong page. Wait, is it this the right page? Diego says, "No, wait, what? I'm confused." <laughs> so he's distracted, but he could probably hear you jostling a lock trying to open it. Okay. Unless you roll a really high stealth trying to do it. So would that be a stealth roll and... And a disabled device. Alright. You think you can do it, or should we not risk it? Because if you do, it's probably going to be bad for us. I think I could do it, but once I see it's locked, Chaubert doesn't think he's going to be able to necessarily... He doesn't feel comfortable trying to open it, because if he hears... If Estev... Estovian. Man, now Phil's got me messed up. <laughs> so if Estovian hears it, he feels that things might go south for Estovian really quick with all of us in here. So he's going to kind of turn to Cabal and it's like, maybe if you can try to, you know, get him out of here. Okay. So Cabal walks over uh, to them and says, I don't think this is what we're really looking for. Are there any books somewhere else that maybe has more information on what we're looking for? Uh, well, like I said, we we do have a whole religion section in the reference library downstairs. Can we go check it quickly? You might be able to help us find it fast. It's just right right downstairs. I, I get lost so easily. Please show us. That's right. I don't know the Dewey Decimal System, and I really <laughs> need some help. Oh, uh, um, uh, all right then. I, I suppose I can show you. Uh, right this way. Um. So... Yeah, I guess we follow him down. Right. So now Chaubert's in there, I guess. Is he? Did everybody go with him? Yes, Diego did because he was confused and wants to make sure he's confused. Yeah. No, I think that we all went. All right. So as we're as we're following him out, Cabal turns to Chaubert and casts invisibility. Okay. So that he is now invisible. Give me a stealth check on that to see how quietly you do it. You got it. It's a twenty. 20. Not natural. Okay. So you cast invisibility on him, and you, the majority of you head downstairs, leaving Chaubert invisible in his office. All right. So first thing Chaubert's going to do is try and pick that lock to get that little book and see maybe what he's looking at. Okay. And what he's trying to... What are you so secretive about? So 22. 22, you are able to open the lock. Alright, so I'm going to pull the book out and just kind of quickly flip to maybe where I think he was was looking. Okay, and you do find his journal. So I think Chaubert would probably try to go the least risky route and take out his iPhone and take a picture of the pages. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he he would actually, he would try to put the journal back, close it back up, and lock it back again. Yeah, but clearly, isn't that nude of iPhone? 
Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you just basically try to take a mental picture of the the journal. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna try to read read you know the what he can, and then aware of he's on a time schedule here. Yeah, try to get everything back in place. Okay. Because I don't want to split the party up. I was like, I thought about trying to steal the journal and then returning it later, but that would probably have to split us up again, and that could get a little too much. I'm sure there's probably a parchment and quill somewhere that you could make a note of important points. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. With you, he has excellent handwriting as well. <laughs> <laughs> he writes in shorthand. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you have the journal information that I just emailed to you. Alright. And so he locks everything back up. Does he need do I need a roll for a, to lock it back again or uh give me another disabled device. It'll be an easier right. check than trying to unlock it. Uh thirty. Yeah, you you're <laughs> definitely able to lock it. Maybe too well. He can't even unlock it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like damn this lock locksmith. <laughs> <laughs> Ye old locksmith. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, then the next thing Shabert's gonna do is go check for the book that they had uh, found the note for, which is the Halo Halo Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the religion section, he knows, so he's gonna go to the religion section and check for this book. Okay, give me a perception check, see if you can find the book. Alrighty. 25. You are easily able to locate the book and you flip through the pages and here looking at looking for page 322 and there is one highlighted passage in this book. I'm sending that to your email as well. All right. Okay. And uh, with that high of a perception check as you look around, um, you do also see a few other bits and pieces of like journals and things like that in here that kind of talk of Estovians pro-aristocracy anti-palatinate political stance. It's definitely writings from when he was much, much younger. That's anti-paladin, right? I mean, that's... Not paladin. paladin. <laughs> What's I hate paladin, paladins. You know? The Palatine, the Order of the Palatini. Yeah. Okay. Don't feel bad, bro. I didn't know what that meant either. <laughs> I'm surprised I knew. Uh, I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Do any of those books actually like draw my attention or just kind of get the sense that, like, okay, I see what's going on here? It just gives you a better sense of, like, what his stance kind of is on things. Um, and as you read through his stance and his journal writings that you kind of wrote down, it can kind of make sense. It pieces some things together for you. Okay. So Chaubert is going to... He's going to take that... He's actually going to take the page 322. He's going to tear that one out and put it back. Put the book back. Okay. And then he's going to just... uh look like he's inconspicuously reading something that's not even related to what we're talking about or doing so that when they come back they're just like oh hey is he whistling loudly yeah (laughs) so (laughs) 
with the whistling, we we cut back down to downstairs and Sovian. Wait, wasn't there five of you? Uh, yes, there were. Where's your bear? Uh, did 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 we leave him upstairs? I mean, it's possible. Oh, well, um, right this way. I uh, did. Yes. Um, follow me. Okay, but he he's just a Rogan name. He's not really going to steal from you. Uh-huh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, did they even know I was a rogue? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just telling everybody's business. Man. <laughs> so I, I guess as we walk up, though, I uh, uncast the invisibility. I'm sure overall, like him searching around and finding all the information probably took more than seven minutes anyway. Okay, perfect. So it would have been expired by the time you made it back up the stairs. Okay. Um, But Estovian, like, bursts open the door to the office, looking kind of panicked, and and he looks around and sees you kind of reading a book over to the side. It's like, what? What are you doing? What? What are you reading? No. Oh, you... I'm, I'm sorry, I just was reading this book on... So what was the most innocu- in, in an innocuous thing I could find? What was... You, what else did you have up there o- that I was like... You're kind of over by the religion section, so you probably picked up a book on... Oh, you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll say I picked one up on, on my god, Yaren. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Your god's name's Yaren. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, I, I... Sorry, I was caught up reading about my my deity here and he's quite the fellow have, have you checked this out this is you should you should see this is he's we he's so lucky he believes in every you know that's why i i, I try to leave a coin everywhere i go to praise the Aaron. you know it really sounds like you're hiding I something <laughs> I say, that does, actually that does i think i feel like chauvet would be a little smoother duh, than duh, that duh, duh. You, yeah you're a rogue that can't lie <laughs> yeah it's because i'm trying to like think of things but i feel like he would be a little smoother so uh roll your bluff then as you speak through oh, okay. that oh no <laughs> uh 16 it's mm. a better bluff if, if you're Reading a book on Yirin? Why are you holding a book on Iomade? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, they're intertwined. They have a history together. So I was seeing if there was. <laughs> um, I think we're through here. Reading it really isn't his big skill, Diego says. Just, yeah, he likes stories. But all the gods are intertwined. See, I, look right here. I, I flip to the back of the index. And I'm like, see, there's a mention of Yaren right here. And then I close it real quick. <laughs> yeah. Look right here. <laughs> you start pointing at the book real hard. Right here. <laughs> believe that said urine, but okay. <laughs> I had no idea Iomade was into piss play. <laughs> it's always the good gods you got to worry about. You're either in, you're out. It's hard to say. So I guess yeah no. After this awkwardness, we'll we're gonna regroup in one of our rooms. Okay. So Adam West era Batman style screen wipe and to the room. Yep. What did you see, Jobert? 
Okay, so let's gab y'all. <laughs> no, okay. <clears throat> All right, well, first, let me read from you this passage. And I pull out the, the page. I was like, this is what we actually went in for. All right, this is what it says. So I'm going to read this in my regular voice because that would be tough. The origin of the dust moth can be traced back to pre-Thessalonian Varesia, though the role it played in those ancient times has been lost to history. During the Age of Enthronement, Desinus priests recovered the relic from the ruins of Thassalon and carried it to the Shutterwood during the founding of Ustalav. There, the priests constructed a temple to the goddess of dreams and disassembled the dusk moth, incorporating its parts into a great observatory atop the temple, which they dubbed the Stairs of the Moon. High atop the observatory, during the twilight hour, the faithful enacted a sacred ritual of communion to activate the power of the dusk moth, placing them in a heightened dream state in which they could commune directly with the Song of the Spheres. So, what do you think? Were you saying Dust Moth or Dusk Moth? Dusk Moth. D-U-S-K. There you go. <laughs> Diego is confused by this. It just says the relic. It doesn't say what the relic was. Correct. It just refers to the relic. Perhaps we should find this relic. The Stairs of the Moon. Does that ring a bell for anything... Do we need to roll? Can we roll a knowledge check on it? Well, I feel like we've run into this term before. Mm-hmm. I've heard of Thessalonian and Ustalov. Uh, but Stairs of the Moon was definitely mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Traveler's Journal, Stairs of the Moon Temple. So that was the journal that we found this in. What the, tra- mentioned the-, the Traveler's Journal? Sta- yep. Right. Observatory, Stairs of the Moon. See Halo of Dreams. Yeah, that's what I have too. See Halo of Dreams. But in the in in the journal or anything that we found here, does it say where the the uh, stairs of the moon are? Well, in yeah, and also, I mean, Ustalov is. I mean, that's like a state, so it's pretty big. Okay, so I'll read out loud um, what Chaubert found in Estovian's journal. Uh, The first thing that he made note of was a passage from just over two weeks ago that says, It appears that my past has come back to haunt me in the form of unexpected visitors who arrived last night. Ostensibly nobles from Cortad, they bore invitations from a Divian adressant and Caliphus, and Belloc admitted them to see me. Their leader a disturbing man named Aaron Vrood, who carried a sinister-looking twisted homunculus on his shoulder, confided to me that they were agents of the Whispering Way, come to finally collect the debt I owe them for helping me with the spirit I discovered at the stairs so long ago. Vrood requested that I arrange a meeting between him and one of the werewolves of the wood. Though I would prefer to have nothing more to do with them, for my youthful indiscretions were just that, I saw no choice but to acquiesce to their demands, lest they reveal my secrets to the Palatine Council. As Mathis is my sole ally among the Pax, I will speak to him and arrange a meeting, and hopefully I can wash my hands of this whole sordid affair. The next passage that Chaubert makes a mention of is from two weeks ago, and it says, Vrood and his fellows have returned. 
Though I made my office available to them, they declined and requested a meeting with Madame Avanja instead. Mathis arrived shortly after and went straight to Avanja's tower as well. I was somewhat surprised by their choice of location, but I suppose even necromancers and werewolves have their needs. I spoke briefly with Mathis after the meeting, but he was unusually withdrawn and gave no hint of what was said at the meeting. And then the third passage that Chaubert makes a note of is from two days ago. And it reads, A grave threat has befallen the Shutterwood, and I fear its origins lie at Askinor. Unknown forces, almost certainly agents of Rude and the Whispering Way, have attacked the stairs, butchered Kavlakasane, and stolen her heart for some dark purpose. Although their motives remain a mystery, this single act has thrown the entire hierarchy of the Shutterwood's packs into disarray and violence. I know that it is customary when a pack lord dies for her successor to consume the fallen pack lord's heart. With Sane's heart gone, the position of pack lord shall fall to whoever can claim the title, either by recovering the lost heart, or more likely through force, by slaying the leaders of the four rival tribes and adopting the surviving wolves into his own pack. Mathis has spoken with me before of his desire to become pack lord, and I now wonder if his secret meeting with Vrood was the impetus behind these events. Without Sane's heart, however, I doubt the other tribes will accept Mathis as their leader. He might find allies with the Zarni or the Broken Ones, but the Volensag and Giseldans will never bow to his rule. Mathis's concerns doubtlessly lie with his pack, not with me, however, and I worry my alliance with the Mordrenacht shall soon be forfeit. I fear greatly for the safety of the Lodge, for if Mathis moves to take Highthrone without Sane's heart, or if it becomes known that his ascendance is due to the Whispering Way's interference, civil war will soon erupt among the packs of the wood, with Askinor caught in the middle. And y'all want to make fun of me for being slow at reading. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. So, yeah, there's a couple names that stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah it sounds like we need to go back to talk to Avanja. Yeah, yeah, let's go see, let's go see the hooker. To the hooker! Heading to Madame Avanja? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it said her name loud and clear. Very good. So when we approach Madame Vanja, which angle do we want to use first? The dream angle, or are we trying to think of the uh, this this angle here? Dream. The angle would suggest we do our dreams first and then say, hey, did you do a reading for someone else last week? Yeah, I think that, that absolutely, because that's what we wanted answered. We didn't get answered uh, through um, Estovian. So, yeah. Uh, if we yeah, we don't want to shut her down before we get that weirdness taken care of first so I think that we should talk about the dreams first yeah that's a good idea okay so you make your way to Madame Vanja's watchtower she does grant you an audience once again but this time she only agrees as long as her six quadrian guards can stand watch in the tower around her 
What's a quadrian? It is part of the Kelish Empire. So it's a nation. Okay. Just wondering if they were like monsters or, you know, some sort of folk. Rat, lizard, bird. No, it looks like they can be just about any race, but most of them have ties to um, the Kelish heritage. What's he laughing at over there? He goes, most of them have ties. And I was just thinking of the people with, like, actual ties. <laughs> Mormons. <laughs> yes. Hello, my name is Elder. Cropper. <laughs> Elder Diego. <laughs> Hello. So, okay. So, yeah, I don't think that we'd have a problem with that because we're starting off with this, the, 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 you know, the softballs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as long as you agree, she she agrees to uh, to sit down and chat with you. Madame Avanja, we had some rather unusual dreams we would like to discuss with you. Yes, they all seemed to be centered around the cards that you gave us. Ah, uh, yes, those. Those were a glimpse at your possible futures. The future is not set in stone and can be rewritten. However... They are a, a glimpse at what might be. Mine was odd because it involves my brother and 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 my alter ego. Uh, how could it be possible for me to attack me? The thing with these dreams is they are not always literal. Oh, you mean like most dreams? Yes. There may be some interpretation to them. Well, it. You say that it involved your brother and your alter ego. Is this sense of losing yourself that you worry with? Are these alter egos and your brother taking over? I mean, sometimes I fear that I go too far. I do not believe for a second that my brother would want to harm me. It may not be physical harm, but. If you start to to show choices similar to what your brother would make, or start to take on his personality, it might put you on the back burner. I see. I just... What was that stuff that you blew in our face? The reading I saw was... It scared me. So the dust that I, I used is a simple cleansing. Think of it like sage. Well... I mean, as long as it wasn't meant to hurt us. And he he gives, like, a side-eyed look, because now he just doesn't know what to believe. Madame Avanja, mine was, well, disturbing. There was a woman trying to tell me something, but she couldn't quite tell me. It seemed important. I see. Is it possible that there are secrets you are trying to uncover, yet you do not have all the information yet? That is possible. What else can you tell me of your vision? I was in a dark place, and I found a corridor leading to a temple. And I was in a temple. They were about to sacrifice someone. I see. Do you know whose temple this was? That I do not know. Did Did, not recognize it. But did you see any symbols? Yes, there was the three-eyed jackal. Three-eyed jackal. As I am not uh, fully versed in the religions of Galarian... Perhaps your 
Inquisitor friend here might be able to hint at who that belongs to. Turn to Cabal. That's a 19 on religion. 19 on religion. The three-eyed jackal is the symbol of Lamashtu. She's the mother of demons. So Cabal tells Diego that the symbol he saw is for Lamashtu, the mother of demons. (laughs) That is quite disturbing. It is indeed. It might uh, give some credence to the the darkness that I saw coming for all of Galarian. Dwarf, did you want me to interpret your dream as well? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. You don't want to tell her about your demon baby? <laughs> Stop. Shut up about my demon baby. I was probably dreaming about you as a child. <laughs> sure, that was your mom. We do have a question. Yes. About the Whispering Way. Have you consulted with them recently? The Whispering Way, I... I don't know them by name, but if you're referring to the men in robes that arrived about two weeks ago, then yes, I do remember them. Are you familiar with the Whispering Way? No, I, I've i learned not to ask questions in my profession. That's a good motto, but it's hard to believe that a woman of your knowledge and abilities don't know them. Yes, it's hard to believe that you haven't heard something, possibly, about a man named Vrood. Vrood. I do believe that that was one of their names. I did not deal with them personally, however. I believe you met uh, Niyama last time you were here? Yes. She did meet with them. I can arrange a meeting with her. For a simple fee of 200 gold pieces. I mean, that's expensive for a talk. <laughs> Are you trying to get us something extra? No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, you're just saying. <laughs> All I'm saying is for 200, you'll have a private room to discuss whatever you'd like or do whatever you'd like. Who's With the, the five of us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah what if it was just one of us <laughs> if it's whatever you are into <laughs> and if you prefer I can send one of my guards in there with you too <laughs> oh full service huh <laughs> no questions asked come on bring those nunchucks <laughs> that kind of a party um all right, so um, do we have 200? Who's got 200? Uh, as a party, we have 770. Okay. That sounds like we can afford it. Try for 150. <laughs> you can try talking her down. That could be kind of funny. If anybody wants to try, it'd be a diplomacy check. Uh, my uh, Diplomacy? I'm, I'm, oh, ne- I'm negative one in diplomacy, so it's <laughs> not me. All right, so Chaubert will be mad at my... I do appreciate the offer for 200, but you you understand we're, we're just seeking information, not tawdry thrills. Hey, what you want to do is up to you. So I feel that maybe you could cut us a little bit of a, a break here with with the, with the 200. What did you have in mind? I mean, since we'll just be talking, how about 100 is worth her time? Roll your diplomacy. All right. 
20. Make it 125 and we have a deal. No, great. Very good. Then uh, give me five minutes and Niyama will be waiting for you. And you wait the five minutes and one of the guards shows you the way to Niyama's room. Jobert says five minutes is all I need. Right. Let's right <laughs> no, bang. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so you find uh, this private bed chamber that uh, there's like silks and things everywhere and you find this beautiful Vudrani woman wearing a heavy eyeliner and clad in nothing but a translucent silken scarf laying on the bed waiting for you and she welcomes you in and the door is shut behind you and locked does she even flinch at you know these five dudes standing in front of her <laughs> wouldn't be the first time <laughs> okay but she, she's laying on a pile of pillows, smoking a sweet-scented substance from a glass water pipe. She's kind of got glazed over eyes, and she takes a long puff from the pipe. And she's awaiting instructions. Shoot, this isn't a Chaubert's type of party, but uh, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, so she's got glazed over eyes. She's, she's definitely... Uh, inebriated. She's stoned. Yes. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. She is. Okay. So I'm going to lean over to Dwarfy. So I don't I don't know if she has the faculties to answer our questions. Could you cast Zone of Truth? It will compel her to tell us the truth and not what she thinks is the truth. Is that how that spell works? I'm just assuming. Uh, it makes it difficult for them to lie. They can still make a will save to try to lie, but you you get harder. you get a penalty on that will save, right? Because you're stoned. Yes. I swear to God, if Rinley just asks, "Do you like me?" Circle yes or no. <laughs> I'm gonna be bad. So okay. okay. So Dwarfy will cast a Zone of Truth, or let me say it the right way. He casts Zone of Truth. <laughs> All right. So does. She- we have to ask the question before she uh, yes. declines the zone of truth. Yeah, she doesn't just vomit information, Shane. <laughs> you have to ask her for something first. Well, and that, and that's yeah, that's what I figured. But uh, I, I was wondering if she knew she was under the influence because usually people know, right? Yeah, you. A lot of times you can tell you remember afterwards. Okay. That you were charmed or under a compulsion. So I'm just going to straight up ask, tell me what you can about the Whispering Way. The Whispering Way are a cult of necromancers. They were here recently and they saw you. They seeked your services? They were. Did you get down to usual business or was there something more? Uh, I don't know of anyone by the Whispering Way, but are you... Referring to the um, the gentleman that came in the black robes, was that who you were referring to? Yeah, most likely his. He would have gone by the name of Rude. I think I remember hearing that name. They were an odd group. There were three of them. They said they were from Cortard. 
they hired me for the evening, and um, one of them had a very evil-looking imp-like pet on its shoulder. An imp-like pet? Yes. Was it of this world? Was it... It looked like a small humanoid that had wings and horns. Um, the They just waited in the room for quite some time without talking, and then eventually they only requested that I dance for them. After a while of dancing, uh, there was another gentleman that entered the room, a, a silver-haired woodsman with a full beard. He smelled like he hadn't showered in weeks. Uh, when he arrived, they asked me to leave. Leave your own quarters? Yes. Did you? I did. That's what they were paying for. I did return about an hour later and find that they did disappear at some point within that hour. Was anything missing? No. No, nothing Nothing was missing. So was anything here? There wasn't before? No. They left it just as when they had arrived. I will say, though, the most unusual thing. They said they were from Cortard, but their, their accents were more southern. They sounded more like they were from Caliphas. And one of them had this strange amulet that kind of looked like a gagged skull. Gagged skull? Um, I, I don't know what they were discussing, but as I was leaving the room, I did hear them mention two things. They mentioned the stairs of the moon, and they mentioned something about a pack lord's heart. And I assume that you do not know of the stairs of the moon. No, I'm I am unaware of, of this phrase. It sounds pretty interesting, though. And there's nothing else you can give us? No, that was pretty much the evening. Are, are you here of your own volition? Yes, I am. Well, she's under zone of truth, so... Well, when you're good at something, you're just good at it. Well... If you ever feel trapped, let us know. Oh, uh, Madame Avanja never keeps anyone against their will. That's good. There are other in your field that aren't so lucky. So tell me about Madame Avanja. She brought you here, or did you come with her when she first came? She visited Cortard, where I'm from, and... I was enamored by her beauty and her her skill with the hero cards. I wanted to know more. Yes. Do you do you feel that Madame Avanja knew these people who came to visit you? Does she have dealings with them, do you feel? I don't think that she has. She treated them like any other customer. And you're sure you can't remember anything else? I feel like we just wasted a spell slot. <laughs> I just wasted a spell slot. She did give you more information that she wouldn't have if you hadn't casted the spell. Okay, cool. I'll tell you that. Good to know. Did we ask about the wolves? No. Let's ask about the wolves. So what's with these wolves? You're... You had Mathis in your room. What was his... What do you know about him? Who's Mathis? He is trying to become a leader of, and unite the packs. I had a werewolf in my room. 
Oh, you didn't know? No. I, I, I knew that the lodge is surrounded by these tribes of werewolves, but I, I never thought one would actually come inside. You didn't let him, did you? <laughs> I, I thought about it. He was more my type than anyone else, but no. <laughs> um, so, what do you know of the wolves and the packs that surround uh, the inn? Oh, I, I really do not know anything about the, the, the werewolves. The only one here that seems to know anything about the werewolves truly is uh, Duriston. D- do you know Duriston? We've we've met, yes. Yes, he he knows all about them. So speaking of Duriston, he bears this scar that you gave him. It says it protects him. I would like to know if if it does offer this protection. He believes it to. No. So you just got real real rough with him and told him it was a a thing. It's what he wanted and what he paid for. He, he asked wanted, for it. He wanted me to be a witch. At least that's what I was told. So you're not a witch? No, no, no. Okay, well, I, I, I do believe that I have no more questions, so I'm going to leave the room. Yes, we should probably go. It's getting late. Time for dinner. And Chaubert's going to just try to... He's going to just palm and hide a gold coin uh, on his way out of a room somewhere. Just a tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't leave it on the dresser. True. So, <laughs> are we all out, or is Cabal taking advantage of this? No, that's, <laughs> no I'm, I'm leaving with you guys. Sorry. Dwarfy? <laughs> he's taking advantage. He, he might we take advantage. We look back and he's not there. Yeah, we look back and he's just gone. You know what? I also imagine Dwarfy uh, doing. Uh, do you guys watch Arrested Development? Mm-hmm. Do you remember when... That. They uh, had that the the company hooker. <laughs> yes, and she did was hold them while they cried. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I picture. Okay, so Dorothy gets his rocks off, whatever that means for him. <laughs> and are we all heading to dinner. Yes. Okay. So make it to dinner, and Ostavok, who is the young gentleman that was accompanying the Marquisa mm-hmm. is telling one of his favorite ghost stories. Ooh. Everyone's very intrigued and interested. They've even dimmed the the candles a bit in here to set the mood. And as he begins to get to a very intense and scary part of the story, the front door to the cabin bursts open as a giant tarantula crawls into the front room. And I'll see you next week. What? You can't... <laughs> a tarantula that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Dinner party interrupted. Streets back. All right. <laughs> back streets back.
Yeah, you got to do the all right. 